shot. What? Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route. I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down. Come on. Ready. Down. Set. Hut. 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 Hit me. Booyah. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. and Carrie with you for the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. Normally we would be doing this from Fort Worth or places unknown uh, near Fort Worth, but uh, Eddie and I are not allowed in the press box. Yeah, did you hear about the uh, coronavirus? I uh, had it, no big deal, but... Well, you're going to get it again if you just keep this up. I've been, I'm telling people I'm actively trying to get it now. Well, stop coming over here then. <laughs> <laughs> We're mask up, buddy. That's true. Uh, I'm I'm Kerry Murdoch, scooting further and further away from Eddie Radosevich as this show goes along, because he's drinking guitar. I'm boy. used to it. I'm used to it. Now this is actually, um, I think this is the wide mouth can. Is it this, is the wide I don't think mouth, this is considered yes. the uh, tall boy that everybody has come to know. But yeah, I had a couple of white claws this morning too, so we're doing well today. <laughs> uh, did you sing a national anthem anywhere before the game started? No, not today. Okay. Not today. Leave uh, anyway. that up to uh, Big Cat last night, rough and rowdy. All right, yeah, I did uh, see some of that action last night. Uh, by the way, uh, Sooners win it. They win it easily today, 33-14 to over TCU in Fort Worth at uh, uh, Amon G. Carter Stadium. And, Eddie, I'm going to be honest with you. After everything we've been through this season, I'm not exactly sure how to feel after seeing that performance today by Oklahoma. I, I, there's, there's, I don't have any problems. I don't know. How did I know. take this? I don't think anybody does, and it, it, it's funny. It's it's almost it almost is perfect that Buki Radley Hiles led the team in tackles today by a wide margin. By the way, he had nine tackles today, and he's probably drawing the most uh, criticism on uh, Twitter, and rightfully so. I mean, come on, we'll get into all that. But. He just had a really rough start. Like, yeah, I did. He was one play, and and the funny thing is, yes, I you know getting to watch the games, I probably should have just turned on Toby Rowland and my boys, uh, and listen. And I did listen to him for a little bit during the game. They do a, fa- I mean, oh, you are so lucky to have that crew. Let me just say, I don't think yeah. I've said this uh, recently, They're but really, really good. Oh, you is so lucky to have that crew. When you hear, like you and I are both in radio, and mm-hmm. you hear all the play by play guys, and it sounds like someone is literally. An exciting play away from death. Those play-by-play people are so sure. old everywhere, and it's just like they're hanging on by. A th- and we've been through that. I mean, Dave South. I remember oh listening God, Dave, old Dave recently. South a couple years yeah. ago. But it's, it's probably a racist. Like, like. <laughs> I mean, most people in Kansas, it seems like they hold on to their people forever. Sure. I don't know what Iowa State. I bet Iowa State's got some crusty old dudes. I. I'm trying to remember, I. I think that's right. I think he is a pretty Which old really, guy. Which really, right now, in COVID times, you probably want crusty old dudes because you don't have to pay him that much. Yeah, that's probably true, too. But OU with Toby Rowland and Teddy Lehman. They're very, very good. Blank and, and my boy Gabe Eichard. I can't imagine a better radio crew. So, I no mean, doubt. if you're not listening I to love them all those while you're watching the game, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're an OU fan. It would have been probably well-advised if you did that today because, because, because Greg, McElroy Greg McElroy hates Oklahoma for some like weird reason. I don't that I really have that vibe as much as you do. I just feel like everything he says, and I don't know, maybe it's just when I, I listen to it, but it's like everything that he says is just such a negative connotation now, the shit towards he was OU. going on about Buki earlier, yeah. that was uncalled sure, for. Sure. Like, he basically called out so Buki Radley Hiles, who had a flag called, when they called the flag in the other direction. Now, <laughs> I'm saying Buki wasn't shit talking, because he, he clearly was after he had his helmet he had a rough hit day. off early. Uh, but he, yeah, I mean, he had he had a rough start to his day. No doubt about it. But I, I guess you could say overall, to answer your question, I mean, that was more or less, they put four quarters together today. And yeah. I think that that is something that everybody wanted to see. And, you know, for the most part, 
you know, it, it got a little tight there before halftime at 17-7, but it was an ass-kicking and, and, and to, a, to a certain extent. I would say fan gripes I saw on social media uh, throughout the game. One, Buki. Sure. Two, Lincoln Riley play calling, I think, was probably up there. It's less to be desired. What is the... It, it leaves I, something, I, yeah, to, leaves be something to be Yeah, something to be desired, especially inside the red zone. And, you know, you kind of brought it up, but, I mean, maybe he feels a little bit more confident in his defense and doesn't have to get overly aggressive. And you have a freshman quarterback. Like, the, there was a lot of people at halftime. No even. turnovers, by the way. No today turnovers. Either team, which was and odd. Ne- didn't even necessarily even come close to anything like that. By the way, Oklahoma uh, State has just scored uh, to make it 28, well, about to make it 28 14. There's it, a flag on the play. So. It just, it was, uh, it was a very refreshing performance in that you never really felt too tight at any point in that game. Maybe on the review when it, it could have been 17 to 14 and yeah. you feel like you left a little bit out there at halftime, but at the same time. But still coming out 17-7 at half, you're like, okay, sure. well, let's see how this goes. You need to get a couple half. three and outs. You need to go score. And they took control midway through the third quarter and never looked back. They did not have a player with the, I'm going to say it, didn't have a player with the heart of a Sam Ellinger to lead them back. No. No. And I mean, TCU's just kind of weird. I, I I tweeted it after the game. Like, I don't think TCU's very good football team, but OU did what you do to want to, if, if you are a good football team, they did what they needed to well, do. Well, Oklahoma is a better football team today than they've been all season long. I think we can safely no say doubt. that. They've gotten better. Uh, I know that doesn't calm anyone down from being pissed off that right now they've got they're on the outside looking in a Big Twelve championship game, uh, but at the same time you're going to get to play you know Oklahoma State to see you know how you measure up. Uh, that was a backwards pass, by the way. I don't know if they blew it dead before. We're sitting here watching watching the pokes in the fourth quarter of the pokes. They did not get a touchdown. We're both wearing orange because you know everybody on the board believes that we're overshoe fans eternally. Or internally, I it's better for internally. Iowa State to win this game today. By the no way. doubt about it, it I was, don't understand like people that were like, "Oh, OSU, OU fans need to be rooting for OSU today." Bullshit! No, you don't. It would it would have been better if Iowa State would have won this game and put OU in a head to head situation with Oklahoma State because their head to head situation with Iowa State ain't looking so rosy. No doubt. So, but no, I mean TCU played Iowa State better. Then they played OU. I just, I don't know. I TCU. They and it was kind of weird because I felt like Oklahoma was running the ball really well, and then you look up in the first half, and then I think Kersey tweeted it out. They were only averaging like two point six yards a carry, but then it started. They started to wear them down a little bit, and it, yeah. it almost started. Well, they weren't. I mean, that was one of my biggest issues. They were not running the ball downhill enough. It no. was a lot of misdirection, yeah. a lot of zone yeah. read, which I asked Lincoln after the game, what was wrong with your zone read? He said we didn't run that much zone read. Okay, so maybe I could see him trying to play semantics there, but you're still playing what looks like a zone read to the most of the population, yeah. whether that's designed for Spencer Rattler to keep it. Uh, if And if so, like what? Give me a break on that. Like, there's no no one is telling Spencer Rattler this is a designed run for you that looks like a zone read. Like every kid that's a sophomore in a high school is taught to to run the zone read. I just, just don't weird. think he's very good at it. It's just weird. And I I can't say that I just sat around and watched a whole lot of Spencer Rattler highlights coming out of high school. So um, did they run it at all? I I, I truly don't know. We'd have to have ask. Many a senior. We'll, we'll hit with Josh on. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like he, maybe he just hasn't been in the groove of things, but it's it's you know what's wild, Carrie, is the fact that Rattler only completed thirteen passes today, and still went for three hundred thirty-two yards. He completes thirteen passes, twenty-five point five yards per completion, fifteen point one yards per attempt, and it was kind of a it was an all or nothing day passing the sure. ball today. And you know Marvin Mims, it was Theo Weiss was the kind of the guy that everybody talked about last week, and it's kind of funny that. Weiss ends up having his career high with 87 yards today. But at the same time, everybody's going to be talking about what Marvin Mims did. And, yeah, because he know, went for 132 yards and two touchdowns. All-purpose yards. Was it 132 all-purpose? Uh, no, that was just his receiving. Okay, the all-purpose. As a returner, he also had another 38 yards. I'm trying to think. I saw the all. I saw the note that uh, or OU no, 42 sent out. yards. I saw the note that OU sent out 
Okay, that's what it was. 193 all-purpose yards with the 42-yard punt return and the, a 19-yard uh, kickoff return. Mims has a team-high six touchdowns on the year. Uh, it set the OU record for freshmen in his first five games. The previous record was held by Ryan Broyles in 2008 and C.D. Lamb in 2017. Broyles, obviously, a redshirt freshman in 2008. But so back to the running game, like, you know, the running the downhill, like, I, I just didn't think they needed to do that enough. Now, the second half, they came out, and they just handed it to Pledger and said, here, yeah. run it, run the ball between the tackles, what, break it outside. I mean, Pledger ends up 22 carries, 122 yards total, and a touchdown long of 25. Clearly to me, Seth McGowan needs to take a backseat to T.J. Pledger. Now, Ramondre Stevenson probably coming back next week. Looks like he's coming back next week. And I think that's the most exciting part, isn't it? Because... You get both of those guys back there, I think there's a lot to like there because I, I do think that things are coming together on the offensive line, and it was kind of interesting that they popped the big pledger run in the third quarter when Chris Murray comes in. And I was kind of surprised Ooh. he didn't play a whole lot in the first half. Mm. Starting controversy. Mm. Uh, offensive line controversy is easy to start these days. Just start Eric Swenson. God, that I don't know if that's controversy. I think that's Here's like uh, almost like, a uh, what, what's the cover up there? What what's going on? What's going on Here's there? Here's the thing. Like, I mean, you you see Eric Swinson start the game, but to me, it seems like the last couple of games, Anton Harrison has played the majority of snaps at left tackle. Yeah, I would have to look at the PFF numbers that come out. Yeah, we, tomorrow morning, or do they put those up on Saturday night usually? Some they'll come up on Saturday. Sometimes they'll come up while we're doing the pod, but that's after we've done everything. Sure. We got back to the hotel room. Sure. It just it, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know why you're not starting Harrison, but I do think it was a step in the right direction. I mean, Carrie, it's crazy that Oklahoma coming into this game was averaging three point six a carry. It was that was tied for second to last in the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's just uh, wild to say that out loud with this offensive line. That and I that's not news to anybody, but that was a group that was supposed to be really good. I I I still think it's coming together though. I think it was up a little bit. Oh, because it was an early game? Left side, fourth row. Okay, sorry, we're looking at grades pending review. So we have nothing yet on OUTC. Get in the goddamn classroom and do the grades. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. Well, Zach Robinson's not there anymore. He's coaching with the Rams. He's probably watching the OSU game right yeah, now. Yeah, he probably is. Uh, That's ZMFR to you. <laughs> I had a koozie in college. Zach motherfucking Robinson. Okay. It's a good thing we're in studio and I can easily. That's the only reason I didn't eat things. You out. should be you should be very pleased. I didn't cuss at all last week or two weeks ago after the Texas game when we yeah, were driving. Yeah, because I was in the damn car. I, I know, I, I know. cussed though. I know, but I cussed at the very beginning, which I knew where it was. So you I knew could where it was. Leave it out. Yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, hold on. I'm trying to find the damn page so I can mark Eddie cussed now. Okay, a while ago. Anyway, um, bad cussed. So. Um, Man, there's just too many things going on here. I'm trying to watch. It's a 10-point game. Brock Purdy scrambling. He got killed, but he's probably going to come back anyway because there was a hold. So, uh, back to OU. I mean, second half, 17-7. You're coming out. You're like, okay, well, where's the OU defense going to fall apart here? Are they going to use the K-State plan? Are they going to use the Iowa State plan? Uh, nothing worked, and the defense played really well. And I don't know how many more times we can ask people like essentially the question becomes this to Alex Grinch or Lincoln Riley or anybody else like so that defensive line is pretty good huh I mean I I kind of wrote down in the in the game notes today as I was watching I was like even without Ronnie Perkins and Jalen Redmond is OU just good on their defensive line I mean Joshua, Joshua Ellison continues to make plays. Isaiah Thomas is turning into a guy. Jordan Kelly had a play today. Perion Winfrey continues to be somebody that he might not be a guy that is just like lighting up a box score, but you watch him play and he's making he's 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 doing things. This is the problem that you run into when you try and integrate someone halfway through a season just like Chris Murray. You've had 5 games now where Marvin Mims and Spencer Rattler have built the chemistry together, where Theo Weiss has started, Austin Stogner, obviously. Drake Stoops didn't play much of a role today. Uh, but Charleston Rambo, again, another game where he doesn't do a whole lot. He's not a big factor. He's certainly not 
a go-to guy, although he did try and throw deep to him a little bit early. But what happens is you're Trajan Bridges. You've been practicing. Same with Ramon Jerry Stevenson, you could say. TJ Pledger, last two games, he's really starting to feel it. Now, I think Ramondre Stevenson is still their best running back. But it's just like, you know, not having Ronnie Perkins, not having Stevenson, not having Bridges. Other guys tend to kind of fill that gap and, yeah. and step up and fill that role, whether it's Marcus Stripling or Isaiah Thomas uh, or TJ Pledger or Marvin Mims or that, Theo Weiss. Like, those guys are trying to be pushed back into a system that wasn't working because of their absence, but now is because they haven't been there. I thought that that rush in group had a really good day today. Really good. Stripling had a little, had some Benito run. had some nice Nito had some nice plays. John Michael Terry had some nice plays. Asamoa had one of the sacks today. Sure. I I mean, defensively, they play. I mean, when was the last time in TCU, of course, adds Robinson on Robinson had a sack today, by TCU the way. TCU adds a late Roberson. touchdown. We'll call it a late touchdown. I mean, it, it is what it is, but... Like they they played well today. It's a it was a from what they did against Texas outside of the last five minutes, they played really well today. And, and I, I think, think you that's a positive. Like Josh Ellison flashes every once in a while. I mean, everybody, you know, Laron Stokes and 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 Perry Winfrey, they're your unquestioned starters on the interior. But there's not a ton of drop off when Ellison, Roberson, uh, Jordan Kelly had some nice plays today. Like that's just a really nice collection sure. of interior defensive line, which I, you know, you always had like uh, Dylan Fa, Matu, and uh, Josh uh, and Q Overton, but for the most part, would you ever say that? Oh, well, they, you know, if they come into the game. There's not a drop off, which there's a drop off from Winfrey, but no, there is. And even the touchdown that they gave up in the first half, it was like I, I think I DM'd the group and I was like, it was like they scored against the JV. You had you know Broyles out there, you had Dylan Turner yell out there. The missed tackle obviously was a big play in that series, but here's what I don't. This is what I don't understand about the OU fan base right now because I, I, you guys on the board, you prove it time and time again. You're a very smart fan base, and maybe it's the Twitter, the people. Because like, you know, I had a guy hounding me today about, hey, give me the real skinny on Ronnie Perkins. I'm like, dude, like I don't know how many more times. <laughs> I can say what's going on with Ronnie Perkins. I mean, I'm sorry that I think other everybody people, knows the score out there. I'm sorry that other people come on the radio and confuse you and, you know, make you. But I'm not going to give I don't know. you the, people going on the radio. I think it was more of like the podcast area. I, I has there been some radio stuff, too, yeah, as well. There was. Today. OK, OK, OK. But, you know, like Blevins saying Texas was blocking him and, and this bullshit that floats out there. This I mean, so crazy that that's nowhere near the truth. Uh, and I'm not trying. First to, off. How would Texas even have the, the ability? It doesn't even deserve that's, a time. That's I, a, another uh, true fact. Ask Tim Brando. He probably knows how fact. things like that He's figuring out his uh, audio right now. Uh, I wonder if he's back on yet. I hope not. <laughs> and by the way, good luck, Oklahoma fans. I've been informed by Kerry earlier that uh, he'll be in Lubbock next oh, week. God. So just well, turn, turn it what? down and turn up Bob Toby is, and the boys. Bob is already credentialed for Lubbock, so you're and my asses are dealing with Tim Brando next week, which means it could be a really drunken podcast. I'm not doing that. I'm over. listening to Toby. At 7 o'clock kickoff, I'll be listening to Toby. Toby, we'll be listening to you next week. No Tim and Brando. And Teddy. And Gabe. And Chris. And Plank. Uh, so anyway, now you've really got me off track. Um, okay, this is what drives me crazy. Like I understand there's a certain segment of... of uh, uneducated OU fans, mm -hmm. but I see even our people do this from time to time. People that get upset, and it's just like the play where Justin Broyles comes in the game, he bounces off a guy, and they get a big, you know, a big play. And that, I think that was their touchdown drive in the first. It half. was, yeah. But like, here's my point: like Alex Grinch playing other players, rotating players. That's his entire philosophy. I'm not even arguing whether it's a good system, a great system, a bad system. I'm not arguing. But if you don't know that what Alex Grinch wants to do is to play multiple players at the same position throughout a game, you have how have you not been paying attention for the last two years, the it's last like year and games. a half? 
It's 18 games, right? right. Good God, 18, that's what eight, he 18 does. games into this and thing. And there's a reasoning. I mean, the reasoning has been explained to you. It's because, you know, guys get tired. They don't play as well at a high performance. Like Pat Fields and Delarian Turner had to take all the safety snaps last year because there were no other safeties. Now they've got Trey Norwood. I mean, they played Justin Broyles today, but, uh, you know, they played Jeremiah Cradell a lot today mm-hmm. at safety. Uh, it's good for the defense. It's just like with the defensive line. You don't have to have Perry on Winfrey out there on every goddamn snap in Alex Grinch's defense. So this is well, a little the, bit of a rant. Just the, something that's the been that bothering me lately. The other side of that, though, would be they're tired. That's why they're giving up plays. Well, people, right? I mean, that's been one of the things that people have brought up to Lincoln right. Riley. Like, are you having fourth quarter meltdowns because you're conditioning? You know what? If you're rotating people, you don't have to worry about conditioning as much. And here's the other thing. Like, this... I, I don't want to make any enemies, but I'm telling you guys, you former players, yeah, Jerry Schmidt was your strength and conditioning coach, and he was an asshole, and he he drove you to your limits, and you appreciate him for it now. Benny Wiley's just a different guy. He's not Jerry Schmidt. I don't think Jerry Schmidt will ever, I mean, he is he working out well at A&M? I mean, they won their first big game in two years last week. I don't think that there will be another Jerry Schmidt s guy in hard-o, college football a these super days. Hard-o, I mean, the the the, the, the only guy that was kind of comparable to him was homeboy up at Iowa, and he got his ass fired, right? Yeah, well, like, and, but that was for different reasons. He's getting sued, right? Sure, Iowa's getting sued right now. But like, just that mentality and hand up. Like, I I was one of those people after the Iowa State game. Is like, you know, are, are they cultivating a culture of pussies? Pretty much is kind of how I put it after the Iowa State game. and But everybody that's a former player that played for Bob and under Jerry Smith, they all say the same thing. Like, they they have that mentality. Like, they don't push them hard enough. In sure. Strength and condition, or I don't agree. The stuff w- they have them... I've heard this a lot. The stuff they have them doing makes no sense for me. Yeah. And even people on our board that are, like, strength people have kind of questioned Benny. Sure. Like, to, to what he does. But my point being, like, I, I get so frustrated that people get hung up on that without recognizing that things have just changed dramatically since like 2005 even it has and you know at the same time though i do think that there is a certain ideology or a certain mentality that is cultivated or created during the summer and you know to be honest they didn't get that this summer i mean they got a month of it no you're right in july yeah but at the same time, I, you know. So so how is it that Benny Wiley is responsible for, like, all the time lost from COVID? Like, they didn't really have an eight-week summer workout period. Like I don't know. Is Benny Wiley from have. China? <laughs> from the Wuhan region, I'm told. <laughs> uh, he went from Wuhan, Wuhan to uh, Austin. I heard about that. Yeah, and apparently... And then Dallas. They they also catered in the fourth quarter in Wuhan. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's one of those things that comes up after a loss, but right now, I mean... I say catered or cratered. For the first time, they played four quarters, though. I mean, I, I think that that is probably the biggest thing you can take out of it, and I think that if you look at how they ended the game in Austin, to a certain extent, they... they Built on what they did a week ago or two but weeks ago. But that was ago. the question going in the game. That was all we talked yeah, about. That's, that's all what we talked about on the U40. About. That's probably all I talked about. Sure. That's what we talked about. Like, can you build off of that no overtime period in Texas? And clearly they did, which was the number one goal they had going into this game. Can you build on what you did in the fourth quarter At or the, the overtime period against Texas? Absolutely they did that today. Mission accomplished. At the end of the day, you walk out of there with a very respectable, you know, 33-14. I don't even know if it was a 19-point game at times in the second half. That was, a, that was a very nice performance. You gave up 75 yards rushing today. Kara, I, I think they're pretty good against the run. And, you know, you're not going to necessarily learn anything. It's kind of the, the, oh, I don't know, like the what you get in in the Big 12. I don't know if you learn anything this week. I don't know if you learn anything next week against in, in Lubbock against Tech, but there's going to be games here over the course of the next month that, and particularly within a month when you play Oklahoma State, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing whole comes together. I mean, I, I think that there's, there's a good reason to think that OU defensively is coming together. And, you know, you look at what, 
you know, the defensive line has been able to do. I thought Woody Washington had a nice day. I, th- I It could be said that Woody Washington, he might be the best tackler in the OU secondary. Like, I, he does not miss tackles, which is a positive it's very for Derek, a group that has missed a lot of tackles over the last two, three, four, five years. It's very Derek Strait-esque, and that's an old reference probably. But Derek Strait was one no, of the I, best I, I think that corners I'd ever seen. Old's references when you're talking about somebody like Derek Strait is completely acceptable. Yeah, at least he didn't play for Switch. It's not like I'm going, Ricky Dixon. Right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Ricky Dixon. Uh so, yeah, I mean, mission was accomplished today. It feels weird because we don't have a whole lot to bitch about or complain about. Uh, we've, In fact, I think we might have exhausted all our issues, well, which was the running game. Yeah, if you want to bitch about something, you can talk about you know not finishing drives, which uh, you play better teams that might end up costing you, having to settle for field goals, things like that. But at the same time, I mean... I don't know. I guess getting a penalty before Gabe Burkich hits a fifty yeah, like, yarder to make it a fifty four yarder. And or even that could kind of go into the idea of just being conservative a little bit. They go with a draw instead of maybe trying to get more yardage there before the end of halftime or the end of the first half uh, before halftime. So I I don't know. I mean, not too often do we come into this studio and say that everything was a pretty damn good day for Oklahoma football. There's usually reasons to bitch about something, and you know today was one of those days that I think you can kind of sit back and feel good about where everything is headed. And they kind of talked about it after the game, but there's a lot of guys on this football team right now, Kerry, that are making a lot of plays, and it's guys that are very, very young in the program. I mean, I, I've said how, this, how good can Marvin Mims be? Yeah, I mean... Like, really how good. good can he really be? What was interesting, what Spencer Rattler said about him after the game, which is uh, he saw his coach say that he's the type of player that you can't overthrow. And Rattler said, I had to go back and think about it because I don't ever remember overthrowing him. Like, the way that he adjusts to the ball in the air, which is... I mean, that... And, and adjust his speed, you know, to the ball in the air. Like, that's... That's true, like center fielder, sure craziness, outfielder kind of tracking a baseball that you, just not everybody has naturally. That catch that he had third, I think it was third quarter, TCU sideline when he went up and got it. Like yeah, he he rose up and got it. Mm-hmm. I did not. I was. It, it, it's kind of funny, and it's you know I I'd love to talk to Josh about this because and we will on the U40 this week on Wednesday I think but, uh, McElroy even said it was probably pass interference offensive pass Oh yeah he was talking about a push off what an <laughs> idiot what an idiot what a moron Okay maybe it I'm was on your just, side a little bit more now It was it was it was one of those plays though that like I don't know maybe I'm just maybe I just completely underestimated Marvin Mims but after the first or second game it was like whoa this guy can he can move a little bit. Like he's a little bit faster than I thought he was. And then today it's like fast, yeah. And then today was like, I didn't know he could go up and get a ball like that. But then again, well, it's not like he has the body like a you no, know, a he Des doesn't. Brian or even a Jaden Hazelwood. Somebody threw it out there today on Twitter to me. He is a faster Ryan Broyles. Is that a is is that a stupid comment or is that a he's a longer fast you know Ryan Broyles too? I mean, I don't know what their height is, but yeah, he just seems longer. I don't know. He's just—he's a baby. He's a true freshman. Like, he hasn't had time to you know, get rid of all the body fat and just be super lean. And I mean, we say that, and he had 193 yards all purpose today. I know. He's a freak. And Theo Weiss had it. I mean, it, it, it's just kind of funny that we talked so much about Theo Weiss because he had the two receptions against Texas on third downs last week in the third quarter, and he ends up having a career day today. Yeah. Like technically, he had a career high day. He's got overshadowed. By the way, uh, what we're talking about is probably a really good time for us to uh, to do this. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. Might be a little bit of a uh, controversial pick today. You've got uh, several, I think, guys to choose from. And by the way, thanks to Eskridge Lexus for being the title sponsor of the uh, post-game podcast. And they are, as I said, our travel partner. They 
allow us to uh, use some of their fine vehicles. I, I took one to Ames, Iowa. I think Bob probably going to be taking one uh, to Lubbock next week. But uh, a lot of the 2021 models uh, have made their ways in through the door. I drove a uh, ES all-wheel drive that was fantastic. The ES cars, great sedans. The IS, if you want something a little bit more sporty, RX, if you're looking for uh, more of a sport utility vehicle. Uh, we've driven them all. They're all great. Hell, we've driven the LS, which is badass. I mean, that's the super sedan. Uh, we haven't driven the LC, Ed. Uh, just let me know when you want me to take the LC out for a spin. I'll gladly uh, take that on a road trip anytime. That's the the supercar that they've got, the two-door. I don't know if we can fit in that, Eddie. Two-door? It's a two-door? It's a Yeah, it's a little rocket. Oh, man, I don't know if I can. I know, I, I know, I know. We're once, both on the workout plan, but I, I don't know if we can. I think once we can you do get that. in there, you're fine. I think it's just yeah. like getting in and out that's difficult. See, that's the that's the hardest part for me. So <laughs> I, I'm out. But I'll I'll be in if they need me to, though. I still remember when Traver got stuck in Al's Corvette in at OU Texas like ten years ago. I feel like I've heard about that before. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm not trying to open up the door. I don't care what you say. No, I. I have matured. I have, no, I have nothing to say. Um, anyway, uh, back to the Eskridge Lexus play of the game. By the way, uh, check them out, EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, they've got the uh, Sooner Scoop special if you're looking. I know a lot of people are out there looking to buy things right now because they've got, you know, have been taking vacations, got some money to save up. You're thinking about getting a new car, uh, maybe a new luxury vehicle. Uh, give the guys a call, EskridgeLexus.com. Go check them out at Eskridge. Uh, let them know that you uh, heard about it on the Sooner Scoop podcast or that you're a Sooner Scoop uh, subscriber, and they'll give you a special Sooner Scoop discount on your next Lexus purchase. Uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, low-hanging fruit, Marvin Mims, player of the game today. Let's just put him out of there. Okay. Because uh, we, we, I think everybody would go with yeah. him, right? Let's go, let's go defense. Who was your player of the game on defense today? Now, that's a hard one. I mean, you can't is it cop just a out and say defensive line? I was gonna say, is it a complete cop out if you just go defensive line? I mean, Isaiah Thomas. I thought he was really good today. I'm gonna give mine to Marcus Stripling. Okay, just because he did get a sack, but he also showed some pressure throughout sure. the day. Sure. I just thought he flashed the most that he has all season. I mean, he's had a few plays here and there. I think Texas maybe mm-hmm. had a really good play. But that was the most I'd seen from him. And he was a guy coming into the season. I said, he needs to make that leap. He needs to take that next step. I feel like he, he started taking it today. Yeah, I, I, I think that you have to like what Oklahoma's doing with that. And we talked about it a minute ago. But, I mean, Jamar Kane has a he has some guys in that group of uh, outside rush linebackers or whatever you want to call them that can make some plays. And if you can get Stripling, if you can get Bonito, if you can get you know, uh, John Michael Terry, uh, if you can get that group playing, they're going to be really good. And if you can, if you could, you know, I know it's controversial, but if you could add a guy like a Perkins right now to this defensive line, get ready. Like, they, this could be a really, really good group. We'll know more this week, but I am starting to feel like it's not out of the realm of possibility that the NCAA just says, you know what? You just serve your regular suspension, and then... It's an election week. Let everybody play. I guess it's next week. Yeah. Two weeks. That's November 3rd. Screw it. They're both idiots, but... (laughs) But it just... It's... uh, It it was a positive today for a guy like a Marcus Stripling. Like, it it was one of those moments. It was like, there's Marcus Stripling. Okay. Making plays, I th- and I thought is it a, you know is it, as, a, is it a positive day today for Pat Fields? I think it's a positive day for Pat Fields. I think it's a positive day for Trey Brown. Uh, I think it's a positive day for Jane Davis. I think it's a positive day for Woody Washington. Just for the fact that we were what thirty four minutes into this, haven't mentioned their name once. Basically, everybody but Buki was a positive day. Yeah. On yeah. Defense. Yeah. Every secondary player Which, outside and, of Buki. And he led the team and he led in the tackles, team in tackles by a wide margin. I think margin. That, that is the most, uh, it's the most OU defense thing of all time. And let me go on a rant for a second, real quick, because I know it's like a completely like, oh, this guy, 
covers OU, he's a homer comment, but mm-hmm. I I just don't feel like I and I watch you know a considerable amount of football. I don't feel like I see those pass interference calls that OU gets called for on third and nine. Mm-hmm. The one and I'm talking about the one on Woody Washington today when he didn't turn his head around. Yeah, I don't feel like anybody else gets those calls. <laughs> it's always an OU defender in a third and long that you look up and it's like, okay, that was a terrible ball, decent defense. Oh shit, there's the flag. I don't know. I just I do kind of I mean watching it at home's a little bit different. Sure. Because No, it is. It definitely is. You you definitely are more I think in tune with Twitter and you don't have as many things distracting you yeah. like trying to chart the game and stuff. Yeah. So it's just maybe like, it's, like, I mean God, it just damn, feels like, like when you it's weird to say this but when you're in a, when you're in the press box you are more in a bubble. No, you are. For than sure. when you're watching it at home. Yeah. You don't you're not listening to the TV commentary. Yeah. You and, a, and you don't you get, get the chance. immediate you don't get that immediate uh, review either, which well, it's like you don't really okay. get the re- immediate review on ABC anyway. It's like but. this earlier. Bob was asking us about that fair catch on the punt that, mm-hmm. that actually looked like a fumble. Uh, that which OE he was recovered. shielding his eyes. Which I I don't know the ruling on that. Well, here's the deal: the whole thing was they weren't looking to see if he gave a fair catch signal. They were looking to, to see catch, if, if he, he caught ma- it if he completed the yeah. fair catch, yeah. which he did. Yeah. So there was nothing else to review because they had blown the play dead because it was a fair catch. Now, if mm-hmm. he had muffed it and OU had recovered it, that could have been overturned, but he didn't muff it. He caught it, and then he got hit, and then he fumbled it. So that was a... But if you're in the press box, like Bob was confused as to what was going on, and you know because you're watching on the broadcast... The announcers are relaying exactly what's going on the bro- with the replay crew, so that's kind of one of those things. That was like a weird play. Bad. That was a very weird play, and I don't even know if I fault the referees because I that that's just a bad spot to be in, kind of. Yeah, it was because it a- did look like he was when I watched it live. I thought it should have been a penalty because he. I thought he waved fair catch and then and ran. Then it. Ran, yeah, that's supposed to be a penalty. Yeah. yeah. But obviously he yeah, he just raised his hands. The ref took that as a fair catch signal. So anyway, Spencer Rattler, uh I you know, his he's you know, he's had some rough games trying to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh it was that way again today, but then it seems like he's bounced back and kind of figured it out. I mean, he did have a nice run. I think one today that was I think it was the second longest run from scrimmage today, maybe. For pleasure? Yeah. For, no, for uh for Rattler. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I'm trying to go and he's yeah, I don't Rattler know. Is, had, is Rattler a little like deceiving in the way that he runs like that the little spin move that he had in the yeah. first quarter it was that the first drive or the second drive it might have been the drive that they ended I can't in a uh, when it was yeah it was in the, early, the one I that think. they ended with the Burkich field goal but like he makes plays with his feet and I don't know maybe maybe this is just stupid on my part but I go I can't believe he did that. Like, I can't believe that he pulled that off. Here's the thing about, about Rattler. It's not about height either. He's just a small guy. Like, compared to... Like, Jalen Hurts is built like a man. I mean, he's uh, bigger than the other two guys that won Heisman's, though. But Kyler Murray, like, even he looked like a midget. He had so much sure, muscle. Sure. Like, you know, his arms looked like they were smaller than... They looked dwarfish. Because his biceps were so big, and that might be a bad. Uh, it really might be big. a bad comparison because Kyler's just kind of a tiny. He's just a tiny guy. Well, I'm just saying, if you're if you're five foot nine or five ten or whatever he is, mm-hmm. which we've stood up next to him, he's probably a li- he's probably five ten legit. Kyler, yeah. I've always said, and he, this goes back all the way back to baseball. Kyler is a lot bigger than people think yeah, he is. Yeah, like Baker. Kyler, Kyler's the definition of. Thick with two C's. Yeah. But, I mean, everything about him is big. Like, his biceps are large. His his quadriceps are large. His everything? Hamstring. I don't know about everything, damn it. Uh, I'm just saying. When you talk to our locker when room sources. When you're that swole. No, I, I know what you mean. You look kind of dwarfish. Sure. No, he does. And especially when you're playing behind, you know, Adrian Healy that's 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, I mean... Wes Welker was that way. Yeah. He had dwarf tendencies because he was so big. Well, those guys are just out there, though, with guys that are 
It's like they get that little arm six, thing five. where it goes really six, fast. Six, yeah. It's like if the frame rate is off and you're... Kyler still looks like that, even in the NFL when he's playing. Yeah. It's like, God. But, but then again, it's like, God, this guy just went around the edge on some of the fastest defenders in the country. He destroys angles. I it's mean, just unbelievable. So it really is. But, no, I mean, but Rattler, he's not thick with... He's thick with a K and no C. I would like to see... I don't know. And that's, I think, I feel like that's one of those like COVID things that because we haven't been able to like, you maybe like be in person with him, you don't get a good idea of just how big he is or how small he is. Either way. I mean, he's got to fill out. He's just a freshman. No, he will be. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the COVID didn't have time to work out, all that. Sure. And he came in, remember, he came in, he was not toned. When he was in high school and he was came in as a freshman, like, I remember seeing him when we could see him in person going, he's a little baby fat. Yeah. Like, he's just not toned all over. I don't think he's, I don't think lifting weights has been a priority for him. He's never had to really bother with that. Screw He was playing football, then he was playing basketball. You know, it's kind of funny. It's like, I thought he threw the ball really well today. And to, to find out after the game that he only completed 13 passes was, it kind of shook me a little bit. I, I'll tell you what I saw a couple people in the media. And I'll, 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 if Kersey's listening to this, I'm calling him out a little bit. The, the people were comparing this. Well, I don't know if it was Kersey, but they're trying to compare this season to 2005, like with Bomar. Yeah, like that. Well, that, not like how they with Bomar and Paul Thompson, like just how, how they, they started. Better. Oh, they started okay, and just got yeah. better. Like I don't really feel that comparison. Like. That was, I mean, the programs. It was coming off of two national championship appearances. Sure, um, and it was that the Bomar got kicked off the team year, but the offensive line was a mess that year. Remember, they had to move Davin Joseph all over the place. I think yeah. Chris Bush got moved all over the place. They couldn't Chris find Bush a is a tackle. name that they, I have not heard in literally since two thousand five. You only played like. 20 years in the league. I know. He I know. Retired. It just, I literally have not heard that name. And like, I, I feel like if biggest... you would have told me, if you had been like, Eddie, name a bunch of offensive linemen that have played at Oklahoma, Chris Bush would not have been a name that I remember. I feel like Chris Bush, I feel like his defender, because I'm like, he's so forgotten in OU history with the offensive linemen that people like. Yeah. Like, OU never like, it was always like, oh, Trent Williams, Jamal Brown, like all the Outland Trophy winners and, uh, pro bowlers. I was like, Chris Bush has been playing in the league for like 12 f-ing years. Like he's, he's made it like more than almost every other offensive lineman. And he, I mean, he just retired right before Stoops retired. He was actually at Stoops statue ceremony. Was he really just standing there in a jean jacket by himself? Like I'm trying to think. And I was just like, that's Chris. Did Bush. he end up with uh he, he ended up in Atlanta, right? Yes. For the longest time. Yes. I want to say he was roommates with, uh, with uh, James Hanna, and they were like a. They, there was a whole thing about them and how insane they were as roommates. Really. Which, knowing what we know about James Hanna now, makes it more interesting. See, now I'm kind of having these visions. Was it? Was it Chris? Chris? Yeah, it was Chris Bush. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking of somebody. I'm thinking of somebody else, but yeah, Chris Chester. Bingo. That's Chris who. Chester I, that's who, who I was played thinking. with Atlanta. Forever. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, you had. That's who I was. That's Chris who I was Chester. Thinking of. See, I just defended Chris Chester by calling him the wrong name. See, for my an bad. Entire segment. My bad. <laughs> my bad. No, but there was Chris Bush and a Chris Chester. There was a Chris Bush, 2001 to 2005. I was in high school, so that doesn't even count as real history to be honest with you but yeah davin joseph chris chester chris bush yeah. i think that kind of yeah. was the building block sure. of that offensive line sure yeah i don't know if i see that I mean, it was I a mean, mess of an offensive line. i don't know if i see this as a 2000 i i almost think this is Plus more of adrian a, peterson by the way it's just in it you know there's gonna be a lot of people that talk about this but you know i i, I think that it's one of those things that I don't know. Is it a complete cop out just to say this team's young? It's a young team. When you look at the guys that made a lot of plays today, it's a young team. 
Well, and I don't think Lincoln Riley can keep harping on this, or at least he needs to stop, but just, yeah, it's a young team that lost. Even if they didn't have COVID stuff going through, there would have been some growing pains with this offense. I, sure. I really think that because you're still you're still going to have player suspension. You're still going to have Jaden Hazelwood hurt. Uh, if you'd had all the practice that you wanted to, and on defense is the same thing, like they had to grow. They had to get better. Now, would Joshua Eaton and guys like that be playing more by now? Probably, yeah. Would DJ Graham, who played today, be playing more? Yeah. But on offense you still would have had these growing pains that you're going through with Rattler and the receivers. Sure. And the running backs. I don't want to be too negative because I, you know, as we said, Oklahoma did play well today, but I want to see a little bit more from Stogner. I agree. Like, maybe stock down a little bit. Come on now. Yeah, there might be a little bit of stock down. And I will say, the, I think the two, the first, two of the first three times that, uh, they they targeted him. He might have got mugged a little bit, but but if, he's if still, you're going to be that guy, yeah, you make those catches. He's still got to make those plays. He's got to catch the ball with his hands, not let it and get into that's, his body. And that's being very nitpicky. Like if you really want to dig but into it, it's just it. like him getting tackled by one player that dove at his legs against Texas. Sure. Like sure, there's a level that he has not reached that he could reach as a tight end that could make him. Nearly unstoppable, like, and it's it he's might, not at Cho, Charlie Kohler's level. I guess he's Kohler now. Not no, Kohler. but it was Kohler making those plays as a uh, sophomore in his fourteenth game no. of his career. No, like I, I think that, like even as we're being critical of him, you got to remember it's like he is still a sophomore. Yeah, he is still kind of finding his way, if you will. I'd be a sophomore next year if he wants to. Sure, the whole COVID rules. Yeah, no doubt. So I mean, look, it was it was a really big win. It's a big touchdown for a lot of people. <laughs> you don't go for two here, do you? You onside no. it and then you yeah, just onside it. Um, what was it? Three and a half? Oh, I thought it was like six and a half. I think yeah, I think it went up quite a bit. Um, no, but I I I think you got out of today exactly what you wanted to get out of today, which makes it hard for us to just entirely sit here and talk about you know how outraged we are about anything i don't think you can't like i think it's a little in a way irresponsible to just be completely pissed off about the way i mean my god they played they won by 19 they were favored by six i yeah i would say like you know buki is not detrimental to the team he's just annoying to fans that want to see better defense from their nickelback. I mean, so what? I guess the question is, is like, where are you on Buki? Because he's not going to stop playing. They're not no, going to stop playing no. him. Uh, I mean, he led the team in tackles, but there are moments where, and I even DM the group today. It's like, get his ass off the field. And even the uh, there's there's points where it's just embarrassing. I think is 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 kind of the way you I think would be the easiest way to put it because, like the the when he's running onto the field on the field goal before halftime, yeah, TCU still misses the field goal. Oh, you blocks it. Then they get the extra opportunity They've because well been on the field. Like, is that a coaching thing? It, I mean, and, and Bob said, said that, that the coaches were, sh- were shooing him out on the field. Like they didn't know there was 11 already out there. Sure. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. I, I mean, there's no solution. It's kind of goes back to what I was talking about, about, you know, platooning players. I get it that some people get upset because David Aguebu is not out there to start the game. He still plays a lot. Deshaun White still makes plays. I mean, it's not like it's hurting their defense. There was a couple of plays today, though, that David Aguebu made that it's like yeah, a couple of years. That's, I mean, there was one in particular on a third down that he kind of tracked down the guy on a, uh, I think it was a screen pass over the middle, and it was like, okay. Like that, that was, and I think Josh noted it on Twitter and I retweeted it and said like, that was a play that Lincoln Riley was talking about earlier in the week, uh, comparing him to Kenneth Murray young in his career at Oklahoma. And it's like, yep, that's it right there. That's exactly what he's talking about. Well, that's what, you know, Alex Grinch was asked about Aguebu versus Deshaun White immediately, but 
I think either you or Bob pointed out they had a Guaybu and Deshaun White on the field at the same time today mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah, in the second quarter. It was, in fact, I actually, uh, let's see, I I'd marked it down. First quarter, 530, Guaybu and Deshaun White in together. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was, yeah. you know, middle of the game or something. It was still relatively pretty early. I mean, if you're early. just rotating between those three guys, what's your, what's your beef? I don't really? think there is. I don't think there is. And, you know, I, Eric Bailey also put it out there on offensively. It's like, you know, twenty. they were 22 plays in. They had 207 yards. Oh, you did. Seven of them were chunk plays. Three passes of 15 yards. Uh, Marvin Mims had 50. We said 44. McGowan obviously had the long, was it, 34? four yarder I think at the beginning of the game or 43 yarder at the beginning of the game and then they had 10 runs of or four four runs of 10 plus yards with Rattler Pledger Pledger again and McGowan and that was with 1340 left in the first half so I don't know I I I think that overall though it was a uh, it was a very positive day for a lot of things Oklahoma it was. Uh, now you move on to uh, head to Lubbock, uh, Halloween night, Texas Tech. Can we end the narrative that like weird things happen in Lubbock? Because weird things don't happen in Lubbock. Sam Bradford doesn't get a concussion on the first play of the game because of an Alan Patrick fumble. I was at a DeMar- wedding that night. I blacked out. DeMarco Murray doesn't blow out his knee. The last thing I remember is oh, you getting a... Uh, I guess there... I mean, kickoff. yeah, but that was also... I was in college, so that was... 16 Danny Amendola doesn't get a mystery first down when he was clearly short on fourth and long. Was that that game as well? No, it was a different game. They just mysteriously take the... I feel like I'm that... I'm becoming that commercial like, a woman, a twin, burns her hand in Minnesota. Amendola sister... Amendola was 2007, North right? Dakota feels it. That was 2007. I think that was 05. Yeah, that was 05. Was Omar. that the same game? Well, the, the oh no, you're talking about a different game, right? I'm talking about a different game. Yeah, yeah, I was at that game. I'm just saying you're saying weird things don't happen. Oh, but I'm I see. I see different what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Different yeah. years. No, there. I mean, I mean, go but that Raiders. Was, that guy? was an 11 a.m. game. That was, that was an 11 a.m. game. So it wasn't at night. I, I can't recall game start times. That's not. I know for a fact it was an 11 a.m. game because we drove back and I hit a deer on the way back in Wichita Falls. I do remember that. Britt Banowski, shout out, Britt. And his like dad's new Audi, wasn't it? It was his dad's brand new Audi, yes. And I woke up in Dallas in Highland Park the next morning in his sister's bed. She wasn't there, obviously. But <laughs> it was it was it was a great, great night. It was a great it was a great trip to Lubbock. Miss Chapter. Freshman year. Deer hitting a deer is an excuse for missing chapter. Well, we had to wait on another homeboy to leave the Cowboys game to give us a ride back because okay. we didn't have a car. Okay. So yeah, it was uh, it was it was a good it was a good uh, it was a good trip. It, there's been some weird trips. Okay, maybe there has been some weird trips to Lubbock. <laughs> the Broyles game when they just went out and got their ass kicked in 2009. I was out there for that one as well. And he's celebrating 15 yards out while <laughs> scoring down like 40. I will say though, I know it's not popular, but. All-time best alternate uniform that you wore that day. I absolutely agree. Absolutely, one hundred percent. What do they call those? The fight or like it was something that Nike did, wasn't it? Nike, yeah, something weird. Yeah, yeah, it was something weird. Those were those were sweet uniforms, man. Really nice, and that alone, that game made OU fans hate alternate uniforms. Oh, I think yeah, one hundred percent. Until they went to West Virginia and but won. The, but and the, the rough... truth of the matter is, they had no chance to go out there and win in two thousand nine. Landry Jones had no receivers other than Ryan Broyles in that game. They tried to throw the ball to Dewan Miller over and over and over again. Sure. He never could catch it. Sure, it's just unbelievable. We don't recruit New Jersey. Oh man, what game was that after uh, that? His dad went ape shit. It was after the Insight Bowl. Insight Bowl. That's right. Those were dark days. Those were dark days in the I OU remember Dave program. Sittler and I were sitting there in the uh, hospitality room at the Camelback? No. Oh, uh, at the game. We were no, we were at Bob's hotel getting ready to talk to him. Oh, the, the morning a- the morning eight. after. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Cuz he tweeted it at like 3:40 in the morning or something, and wasn't it? And I was it? like I was like Sittler, check this out. And I think Sittler was like, "What is this? Like Twitter? What's this?" I was like, "This is Dewan Miller's dad." And he like he shows it to Bob. Like, I wouldn't show that to Bob. 
We should uh we should invite Dave Sittler on to uh the U forty at some he point. He would definitely come. Let's do it. I talk to him all the time. We should do it. We should do it. He's a good dude. I know. Great dude. Probably not happy the horn the corn huskers got their asses kicked, do they? I think he's used to it. Yeah, he probably is. I don't know if you read the Tom uh, Chattel article this week, but <laughs> I, I think everybody's kind of used to it up up there right now. Oh, boy. It's not good. Did Penn State lose? Uh, I think Indiana just scored. They were up 28-20. Uh, by the way, before I don't know if we're getting out of here, but Talon Shetron. Uh, Talon Shetron. Talon Shetron. Big commitment today for Oklahoma. 2022 wide receiver. We'll have more of it, I'm sure, on the U40 this That's week. That's your new name to mess up. I, you know, I I went and interviewed, and we'll run the article or the uh, the interview on Sunday. I went and talked to uh, Kyle White earlier this week about his commitment, and it was like the entire way there. I just kept saying out loud, "Talon Shetron, Talon Shetron, <laughs> Talon Shetron, Talon Shetron, Talon Shetron," just to make sure. I called Justice Hanson Justin one time, and he's like, "Don't ever let my mom hear you say that." Justice said that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least. I'm getting the name right. That if you're if you're calling a justice a Justin, that's a completely different name, right? I think it's the same type of you know same area. Well, that'd be like somebody saying Edie and Eddie. He, that would be worse. Which has happened before. Like a professor, Indiana scored twenty-eight twenty-six. Penn State is uh, your score with 26 seconds left. Oh, wow. I think you just blame it on COVID. No, yeah. Anything that bad happens in 2020, you just blame on COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's easy out. Michigan State, blame it on COVID today. <sighs> Mel Tucker, good luck, buddy. <laughs> at least they're, at least he's making like $5.5 million really, this year. But they really can blame it on COVID. They had like a, one of the worst outbreaks in college football, didn't they? Yeah, shit. The entire program probably had it. At some point, they had like 25 guys at one point, yeah, I think. it was ridiculous. Yeah, they had like 25 guys available to practice at one point, I think. That's unbelievable. Good luck with that 21-day quarantine, Big Ten. They were talking about that on the broadcast today. Well, yeah, that, I mean, they were talking about anything other than the game today on the broadcast. Yeah. It, was a, it was a rough day for... Uh, but And you know what? I will say this. It was good to hear Joe Tessator doing college football again. Yeah. That's where he's. That's where he's where the best belongs. at. It's it's his home. It was nice not to hear Booger McFarland next to him. It, yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, had to have Craig. It doesn't get any better next week. Oh, unless God. the sound goes off again. Yeah, maybe we'll cheer for that. But like we said, uh, tune in to Toby and the gang. Listen on the radio. You don't have to deal with that other dinosaur, Tim Brando. Uh, anyway. I think that's going to do it. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't have... There was no need for a drunken podcast this week. Not a lot of reason for being pissed off. This was... It's going to be interesting how people handle the boards this week. I mean, it's obviously going to be all about next week and Ramondre Stevenson and Trajan Bridges and can Ronnie Perkins come back with his teammates after his debacle of uh, trying to be reinstated win awry so indiana just tied it two-point conversion wow 28 28 hmm, got some overtime to watch i guess yeah, i've been ready to be done with the penn state program for a while so that's fine with me you'd be good at uh going again going uh going after penn state i think i mean i've been i bet christine brennan went to penn state where'd she go to college <laughs> at She's oh, not watching know, college football. You can guarantee she went to Northwestern. She's oh that. yeah, she. I, I forgot about that. She's, she's that been to type of she's been to all of their bowl games in the last ten years. They've been to three bowl games. <laughs> she probably has dinner with Pat Fitzgerald on a regular basis. He and his wife. Oh, they put all the phones in the uh, in like a bowl when they get to the table, and like we don't do we don't do phones at the table now, Christine. <laughs> Okay, uh, I appreciate it, Eddie. Uh, Bob is on his way back. Uh, go check out the website. Bob's Gamer and Notebook uh, are up as soon as you hear this. And uh, we'll be back with Talon. Uh, Talon, I see. Force me see? to. Talon Shetron, uh, all the news on his commitment uh, up on the site as well. Uh, Sooners get ready for Texas Tech coming up in a week. So COVID's looking good. Hopefully it will stay that way. Hopefully no outbreaks in uh, Lubbock. I think they've all had it anyway. 
Uh, Herpes or COVID? Uh, both, probably. Probably so. Another other ailments. Um, clap, you know, all that stuff. Uh, crabs. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Sorry for that last part, Ed. Uh, thanks to Ed Eskridge and Eskridge Lexus for uh, being the title sponsor, as always, of the unfi- or the uh, the uh, post game podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, we can't we can't tell you how much we appreciate uh, their support of the podcast, and uh, especially being our travel partner and loaning us nice vehicles to take to recruiting trips and games and all that good stuff. So, uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back again after Texas Tech next week. It's remember it's a late night game, so it'll be a late night early morning podcast. Uh, but glad to get this one out to you with sun still shining. God, I forgot about that. It's gonna suck. Uh, we're gonna get going right away on that, Bubby. Well. Lexix, well, Eskridge Lexus uh, cover my Uber trip down here next Saturday. I don't know. We'll talk to Ed. Yeah, we need to. You probably should Uber down here next week. Nah, that'd be fun. It'd be fun to drive down here. What? (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys back here again next week after OU plays Texas Tech on the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast.